Club Talk Radio. It's time for the kickoff. Behind everything that is great, there is a great mind, a mastermind. Get ready for the fantasy football mastermind edge. The definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Your host, fantasy football mastermind, Michael Nazareth, has several decades of fantasy football experience. His website, ffmastermind.com, offers comprehensive fantasy football information, including a preseason drafting strategy guide and weekly in-season fantasy football newsletters. The Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge offers fantasy football picks to click and play. The latest NFL news and much, much more each week during the fantasy football season. Remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. You lose! Good day, sir! Here's your host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge. Michael Nazareth. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Christmas week. Yes, the season is almost over, but the cheer is just about to begin. My name's Michael Nazareth, and I'm host of the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge podcast. Fantasy Football Mastermind can be found online at ffmastermind.com. We've got lots to talk about today. And with me, as always, my good friend and very experienced fantasy player, writer, owner, Chris Rito. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Today. Good afternoon. <laughs> Good, good afternoon to you as well. It's kind of uh, weird to be doing this podcast during daylight hours, so it's, uh, it's good to hear from you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great week to be getting down to business, lots of stuff going on. Happy to say I'm in the semifinals of all five of my fantasy leagues, so hope everyone else that's listening is in good shape too. If you're, if you're still listening, you probably are still in the playoffs. Fantasy football is great, and I'm right there with you in Fanax. We uh, co-own a team. We are in the semifinals this week. One more win, and we're into the finals. It's going to be an exciting week, lots to talk about. Uh, well, the first thing that comes to mind, of course, is what's going on in your part of the country over in Indianapolis. The Colts made another quarterback move. They're moving away from Matt Ryan again, this time not to Sam Ellinger, but to uh, Nick Foles. So the question here is, uh, Chris, why and what can we expect from the Colts' offense under <laughs> Nick Foles? Yeah, the, the why is a good guess because it kind of came out of, out of the blue, despite how, how rough the Matt Ryan experience has been. I mean, Nick Foles is even less mobile than Ryan, so behind that line, it's a it's a challenge. Maybe he throws a better deep ball at this point in his career, but that's about it. Um, it's curious because they they do have they are on the hook for a lot of money if Matt Ryan gets hurt in the last few games. So I'm sure that has a factor in it, and I'm sure Sam Ellinger's bad play is a factor why it's not they're not going to him. My guess, best guess, is that they're looking to see if Sam if uh, Nick Foles can be their backup next year because I think Ryan's going to be gone. I don't I think they're going to move on from Sam Ellinger. They realize he's not the answer. He, he was a backup or a starter, and they'll be either drafting or going out and getting yet another quarterback. So from a fantasy perspective, what does this mean? Um, I was already downgrading a lot of the Colts already. They, they clearly played poor as an offense all year. Jonathan Taylor's out, so, you know, that, that threat in the backfield is gone. If anything, I mean, P- Pittman is probably going to keep most of his value because he's going to get a lot of – he's going to get peppered with targets because there's not a lot of other options. If anything changes that's positive – I would say maybe there might be a couple more deep shots a game to Alec Pierce and Paris Campbell, but neither one of those guys are being started for fantasy in your playoffs anyway. So in, in, in the long run, all this does is, I think, make the Colts' offense a, uh, a team you want to target with your fantasy defense even more than it was before. 
Okay, since we're talking about the Colts, and of course I put down the uh, the rundown, the news rundown. One of them, of course, is Jonathan Taylor on on IR. So the question is, do fantasy owners should they be picking up Deion Jackson, uh, who scored a touchdown last week, although it was on a catch, or Zach Moss, who saw uh, the majority of the carries? They're, they seem to be in a RVBC, but if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner and you can make a move, and both these guys are available, who are you going to pick up? Yeah, Deion Jackson probably is not available, except in, and he, he was picked up when he had his little run as a starter earlier this year and probably was still held on to. Uh, Zach Moss is probably available. He had two-thirds of the snaps and two-thirds of the carries, and he was used like Jonathan Taylor. He was used in the short yardage as well as in the, the red zone packages, and he caught as many passes and had as many targets as Deion Jackson. I mean, Jackson has much more of a chance to have a, a high output as a receiver. He'll probably still be the third down back. So I think in a PPR sense, they probably have equivalent flex appeal uh, going down the stretch because they do have a favorable schedule for, for running backs going down the stretch. Um, if, you're good, if you're looking just for sheer opportunity, Zach Moss is going to get the high-value touches in, at the goal line, and he's probably going to get the bulk of the touches. And, again, he's probably the one you can get for free off the waiver wire right now. So Zach Moss is probably the pickup I'd go for, especially in a standard league. But I think they probably both might have running backs three PPR appeal based on the schedule and their respective usage. Yep, I think I have to agree with you there. All right, the other big news, of course, of the week that came out of the blue because we didn't know because uh, the Eagles were very hush-hush about it. Jalen Hurts uh, suffered a sprained shoulder, a throwing shoulder, and he's uncertain to play, although they're kind of being cagey about it. It could be Gardner Minshew time or Hurts might actually play. And, of course, there are some people out there thinking, why risk uh, Hurts at all in the rest of the regular season waiting until the playoffs? and he might not play again this year. And, of course, people are going, no, no, I need him for the semis and the, the championship game. So the question here is, Chris, the fancy impact here to the other players of the Eagles if, if Minshew starts. Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I do, I do believe that Hurts will not play this week. Reading between the lines of some of the quotes, I don't think he's going to play. And I think Minshew's going to be in there. Now, it's really interesting because, if anything, if you think about it, this may actually make the Eagles pass more because all those runs that were designed for Jalen Hurts are not going to be there for Gardner Minshew. Uh, you would think that might give a few more uh, looks to Miles Sanders, but it may also just keep keeping that the same. They might have a few more passes available. So I don't think this is going to hurt the receivers as much as a lot of people might think. The guys that I want to look for, I went back and looked at Gardner Minshew's previous starts, especially his two with the Eagles last year. One of those games, Quez Watkins was the leading receiver with 84 yards, six catches and a score. The other game, Quez Watkins was the leading wide receiver, and Dallas Goddard had two touchdowns in a big game, and Goddard's coming back this week. So the guys that are probably likely going to have bigger games this week, certainly Goddard, based on the matchup with the Cowboys, the tight end, the underneath stuff, could be more available. I'd be very interested in, in a flyer in DFS or maybe off your waiver wire if you're desperate to go pick up Quez Watkins because, like we've always said before, when a backup quarterback comes in, the number three guy is the one who's always who's most familiar with. He's been running as the number one guy on the second team. Plus, Minshew has worked well with Quez Watkins in his limited starts in the past. So really some intriguing possibilities there for these kind of secondary guys, but I think the primary two guys are still start as usual. Okay. Uh, well, moving on to another quarterback injury, uh, Ryan Tannehill over in Tennessee is not practiced this week, and he is, his status with an ankle injury is seriously in doubt to play. So that would leave uh, rookie Malik uh, Harris to start once again. Now, Traylon Burks has been practicing, uh, trying to come back from a concussion. It looks like he's uh, trending towards playing this week. And, of course, you got 
Robert Woods, Austin Hooper, uh, Nick Westbrook-McKinney, uh, and, of course, uh, I'm not even going to try and say his name. The other's tied in there. <laughs> Chiz, call him Chiz. Uh, so uh, what's the fantasy impact there if Willis starts? Uh, it doesn't look good in my opinion, but what do you think? No, it doesn't look good. And I think Burks in his first game back from the concussion, missing a few weeks, is probably uh, probably weren't going to start anyway. But if you look at this matchup, it's the Texans. And we'll talk more about this later. But this is this is the same matchup that Malik Willis made his start in about seven or eight weeks ago. And if you look at the numbers in that, they're not very positive for passing. So, if anything, this just enhances uh, Derrick Henry's value. But I would I would not play anything in the passing game for Tennessee this week. Yeah, I, we'll talk much about Mr. Henry a little bit here. Uh, we have one more uh, note to talk about. Tyler Lockett did have successful hand surgery. The doctor said, well, it went perfect, whatever that means. But the bottom line is that he may miss only one game. So that boom, uh, that, that pushes Mark Marquise Goodwin into a starting role opposite uh, DK Metcalf for the Seahawks. So, Chris, what's your opinion on Goodwin this week? Yeah, Goodwin's actually in a good position to get a fair amount of volume. They, they gave up a lot to the slot, so – he, he does line up in the slot a bit, and, and he, again, he's going to take over those, those locket routes. So I think he's, he's an interesting uh, plug-and-play if you take him off the waiver wire in a PPR. He could get some volume because I think there's going to be a fair amount of volume from the Seattle passing game this week. So I would not hesitate to put Goodwin in as a, as a four, uh, maybe even as a three in bigger leagues, um, just because I think he's going to get the volume in a PPR to make it worthwhile. Yep, I agree with you totally there. All right, uh, everyone out there, if you want to see a complete list of injuries and updated every day on the site, uh, come to ffmastermind.com. Uh, we have a fourth and one injury report, part of our weekly fantasy newsletter, which could be bought for just nine ninety five, the price of a medium pizza. Try us out. One injury note, uh, note here, uh, really long term. Matthew Stafford went on a podcast with his wife. Uh, she very bluntly asked, uh, "A lot of people want to know, Matt, are you going to retire?" And he said, "Hell no." So he's not retiring after the 2022 season. What's going to happen with the Rams next year? It's going to be very interesting to see if he can come back and and play like he used to before all these injuries and such. We still have the elbow, and, of course, he's coming off the the neck injury and such, the concussion that he had. So it's going to be interesting. At least that's good temporary news for for Rams fans that hopefully Stafford can come back and and kind of try to recapture uh, how he played, how well he played last year. Anyway, uh, of course, we want to make sure that everyone checks out our website. We've got a lot of free stuff on there. And, of course, we uh, always are very thankful for our in-season sponsor of our podcast. That would be FanDuel. So uh, make sure you tackle means and prizes all football season long in FanDuel Fantasy Contest. If you're new to fantasy, there's no better time to get in on the action because right now new customers get a free single game entry And uh, when you sign up for FanDuel. And uh, this is a great time to try it out. It's Christmas week. You're probably off work. Have some uh, download their 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 app and try them out. Single game contests are a great way to get on the action for the week's biggest matchups with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Just draft your five player lineup and put in your best player in the MVP position where fantasy points are multiplied by one and a half. Plus, on FanDuel you can also play full slate contests featuring multiple games, season long best ball contests, and so much more. And when you win, you get paid fast because I've won and I've gotten paid very fast in the past. So kids kick off your football season even if it's just this week have fun with it with a free single game entry just download the FanDuel Fantasy app and sign up with the promo code MASTERMIND that's M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D that's promo code MASTERMIND M-A-S-T-E-R-M-I-N-D to get your free single game entry we'll be right back after this important message you know you want to dominate your fantasy football league 
Manage your teams with assistance from the definitive fantasy football information service, Fantasy Football Masterminds. Found on the web at ffmastermind.com. There's plenty of free stuff, and the premium content will consistently give your teams the best chance to go all the way. Co-founder and CEO Michael Nazarek has several decades of experience including winning four consecutive SI.com Experts League championships, along with tens of thousands of dollars playing in the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Go to ffmastermind.com and check out their volumes of fantasy football content updated daily, which give you the edge you need to legitimately claim championship. Championship! Read Drafter, Dynasty, Keeper, Auction, Salary Cap, IDP. They cover them all with the best content available anywhere. Go to ffmastermind.com. The longer you wait, the more great information you'll be missing. Okay, everybody, uh, come on over to ffmastermind.com. Lots of free stuff in there, including our uh, flagship feature, NFL Quick Bits, all the news that breaks around the NFL, updated on a daily basis as it breaks. And, of course, we're posting free Eye in the Sky scouting reports, including those covering the Colts from Chris Rito. Our weekly fantasy newsletters, as I said, is $9.95 for the rest of the season, the final three uh, newsletters here. Uh, well, uh, of course, the 15, or 16, 17, 18. Yep, three more weeks. Uh, you got uh, Sunday Night Waiver Wire, uh, fourth and one injury report updated on a daily basis. Picks to click and flick expanded list for the entire week, which is updated on Saturday. Of course, our weekly rankings are released on Wednesday night, updated. This week, it will be updated on Friday night. Uh, the market feature, uh, we covered 130 possible free agents to acquire to pick up in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, we're here to help you win, and we've been here for 27 years. Thank you very much. And please follow me on Twitter at FFMastermind. Let's get right to the picks and clicks of the week. These are guys you want to consider starting in your uh, semifinal matchup if you are in one or in a total points league, uh, or uh, possible uh, bench candidates because of bad matchups and other situations. All right, Chris, hit me with them, the quarterbacks you like this week. Uh, Derek Carr. I mean, a lot of, I've seen a lot of pundits online kind of don't like him this week, but I really do. The Steelers look like a decent matchup on paper, a top 10 generous fantasy D, and that's after playing a string of absolutely terrible passing offenses for the last month playing like Anthony Brown and Matt Ryan and Marcus Mariota. Derek Carr is, meanwhile, is on a very good run with multiple passing touchdowns six of his last seven games. Carr has also played Pittsburgh three times in his career. He's never failed the top 300 yards and throw multiple touchdowns. He's averaging 335 and three against the Steelers. This game is one of the few in the Northeast not expected to have a lot of precipitation at game time this weekend, so I think the passing game should still be in play. And then I like Tom Brady. I mean, it's been a long year for the GOAT, but he's got some favorable matchups in the playoffs, including this week. The Cardinals are kind of circling the drain, and their secondary is the weakest link of their defense, allowing the second-most passing touchdowns so far this year. They've also been far worse at home, allowing 18 touchdowns and 280 yards per game as compared to seven touchdowns and 214 yards per game on the road. Amazingly, Brady's not played the Cardinals since 2012 and only twice in his career, but the last time we saw him at the stadium, he threw four touchdowns and 328 yards in a Super Bowl win. I expect a multiple-score day from the GOAT here with some decent volume. All right. A couple guys I like this week. Uh, Geno Smith. Uh, I know he loses uh, Tyler Lockett, but uh, Marquise Goodwin is a good uh, uh, receiver, a uh, good replacement. And, of course, he's going against the Chiefs. The Chiefs secondary can be thrown on just about anyone that's uh, that's played against the Chiefs has scored points there. So I think Geno's going to be in for another good week with a couple of touchdown passes in this game. So if you got him, uh, feel confident 
stardom. Daniel Jones, very good streaming option. Uh, why? But he's playing the Vikings. Their secondary is like the worst in the league right now, giving up 400-plus uh, yards uh, total offense each week uh, over the past, I think, five or six weeks here. So uh, Daniel Jones, whether he gets it on the ground or through the air, I think he's going to have to pass in this and also run, too. Uh, so if you need him, start him. That's a good option uh, to consider. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week, Taylor Heineke. Uh, well, uh, I'm not sure if he's going to lose his job or not, but maybe after this game he might because they're playing the 49ers, very stingy uh, pass defense. I don't think Heineke's going to do much in this game. It's going to be uh, very trouble, uh, very much uh, trouble for him to pass for more than one touchdown in this game, so I'd sit him on the bench. Zach Prescott's more of a uh, tough splitting week against the Eagles, so I wouldn't expect a big game against them. Uh, of course, this is a big game for, for the Cowboys and all. Uh, he'll have a modest fair uh, success, but you know, I don't think he's uh, quite a solid uh, QB1 this week, maybe on the lower end of that. So if you've got a better option, like maybe a Joe Burrow, then I'd go with that option, and that's exactly what Chris and I have. And Fanex, uh, we're sitting Prescott this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of quarterbacks you're not crazy about and why this week? A pair of former Clemson national champions. I'll start with Deshaun Watson. I know a lot of people either carried him all year or picked him up late because of his QB1 upside and favorable schedule in the playoffs. But those risks have been rewarded with a whopping 14 points per game and under 190 passing yards per game. Yuck. Uh, this week, you get the better-than-average Saints pass defense. It's only allowed 205 yards per game the last four weeks. They've only allowed seven passing touchdowns in the last eight games, despite playing several top-ten fantasy quarterbacks. The weather in Cleveland is supposed expected to be in the teens with heavy winds and snow, so I would avoid this rusty passing game. And then I also, I also have a caution play of Trevor Lawrence this week, even though he's one of the hottest players around not just because of the usual downtick of passing games on Thursday night affairs. The Jets are actually pretty decent at pass defense with their young secondary. They've allowed only 13 touchdowns in 14 games, and they've held three top 10 fantasy quarterbacks, Allen, Cousins, and Goff, to an average of 17 points per game, uh, and seven of their last nine opposing quarterbacks under 16 points per game. The fact that it's supposed to be rain and a little windy on Thursday night in Gotham and, the, and Lawrence has a little bit of a toe issue does not help his cause in a game where I expect points to be at a premium. Uh, as for Watson, Chris, what do you think? Do you think that this is really just him going through his um, preseason games, uh, you know, get, getting in, in football shape and such, or do you think it's something more? I think there's a little bit of that, but, you know, a little bit of it has been matchups. There's been a little bit of weather. Uh, it's, all, everything's all kind of just, you know, been a, a kind of perfect storm to keep him from performing, and he has not looked good. He's not looked accurate, and that's the big thing. He's always been a very accurate passer, and he's not looked accurate in three weeks. Yeah, I agree with you there. It's going to be interesting to see if he can, you know, pull pull it up by the bootstraps there and uh, and uh, show that uh, the money he's getting is going to be uh, well spent here. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Russell Wilson now. Anyway, let's move to uh, running backs. A couple of running backs you like and why? I like Alvin Kamara again this week. The Browns are so generous on the ground and in the air to running backs that this sets up as a high-volume, high-efficiency game for Kamara. The Browns have allowed the third most running back rush yards in the last five weeks while only playing one top 20 fantasy running back in that stretch. A frightful weather forecast is going to limit downfield passing as well, increasing dump-offs to Kamara when Dalton does drop back. So even though his TD potential might be low, I expect it to be a low-scoring affair, but Kamara is probably the most likely one for the Saints, and he does tend to score in bunches in late-season games, so you never know. And then a guy that I was kind of, you know, doubting, but I'm, I'm just shaking my head and having to agree with now is Jarek McKinnon. Um, I didn't see this switch happening so hard, so fast, but McKinnon has taken over the lead role in the backfield in the last few weeks. He outsnapped Pacheco 2-1, to one, posted his second straight monster fantasy week, leading all running backs in receptions and fantasy points by a wide margin in the last two weeks while scoring four times. 
And these Seahawks they have to face this week have allowed eight running back touchdowns in the last four games and the second most points to the position for the season. So in a game that could be a bit of a track meet, I'm going to go with the big-time receiving threat in a PPR league and the red-hot player over the more traditional running back, Pacheco. Yeah, I tell you, uh, I, I, of course, put my uh, my clicks on the site, and uh, I chose both Pacheco and McKinnon this week. So if you got them, start yeah. them, whichever one you got. They're both going to have success in this game. All right, a couple of guys I like this week. Well, all i got to say is Derrick Henry. And the reason why I had to say this uh, as my number one click for the week overall, and he's number one in my fantasy rankings, I'm going to give you the stats now for what Mr. Henry has done against the Texans the last four games he's played. These are carries, yards, and scores. 32 for 219 and 2, 34, 250 and 2, 22, 212 and 2, and 32, 211 and 3. So there you go, an average of about, I don't know, 28 uh, for uh, 230 yards and two-plus scores. So, yeah, start Mr. Henry if you got him in your lineup. It's a no-brainer, but I just wanted to, uh, this is an amazing stat to find out about that. Another guy I like this week, Najee Harris for Pittsburgh. Uh, the Raiders' run defense not very good. Uh, Najee's uh, playing a little bit better. Uh, he's making plays. He's scoring. I think he's going to score in this game, so you're going to start him, uh, and I think he's going to produce for you. A couple guys I'd be a little bit worried about. My caution play of the week's Joe Mixon. Temporary expectations against the Patriots. He's going to get a lot of volume in this game, so you're going to start him, but I wouldn't expect too big of a, of a, um, of a score. In fact, I think the Patriots have only allowed two or three uh, running backs to score on them all year long, so uh, be careful there, uh, mixing volume. You don't expect huge games there. And, of course, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier is really starting to emerge there, uh, really playing well. They're playing the tough Ravens run defense, so that just makes Cordero Patterson not a great play this week. How about you, Chris, a couple of running backs you're not crazy about and why? I'll start with Brian Robinson. Nobody's top 13 PPR points at running back versus the Niners since CMC back in week five. And nobody's rushed for more than 59 yards all season. They've allowed the fewest rush yards and the second fewest running back touchdowns in the NFL. Now, b Rob has been getting the volume. He's third in rushing yards per game and fourth in attempts over the last six weeks. But he's 21st in points per game because he doesn't score touchdowns. And he's only caught five passes in those eight weeks. So for a between-the-tackles banger that is volume and touchdown dependent, all this adds up to a really low ceiling and a floor game for Robinson. And then my caution play for the week is David Montgomery. Uh, he's been solid as the bell cow in Chicago, but there's a good chance Khalil Herbert is returning this week. Montgomery's averaged over 19 points per game the last four weeks with Herbert out, but he only averaged 9.5 points per game while Herbert was active, while Herbert was averaging 10 points per game in that stretch when they both played. Potentially splitting the pie when facing a very tough Bills defense on the road Makes me think that Monty's ceiling is capped this week, although you're still likely playing him as an RB2 and definitely as a flex no matter what. Okay, how about a couple of wide receivers you like this week and why? Yeah, we talked about him a little earlier, DK Metcalf. Uh, since week three when Geno started to warm up, Metcalf has kind of quietly been a wide receiver one in both PPR and standard, so his floor is high and his ceiling is higher this week. Since the Hawks' bye week in week 11, Metcalf's been averaging a tick under 20 PPR points per game. He's top five in targets and receptions as well. So without Lockett playing this week, Metcalf should further dominate target share in a game that I expect to have a high-volume Seattle passing game. Casey's corners are talented but raw, and this beast is going to be able to get open on them. They've also allowed the most wide receiver touchdowns in the NFL so far, so I think with one or, one or two scores, it's going to be a real stealing game for Metcalf. And then a guy I really like this week who's coming on is Drake London. Uh, even though Desmond Ritter leaves much to be desired as a fantasy quarterback, and he will be under fire from the Ravens this week, it was definitely clear that fellow rookie Drake London was his favorite target. He garnered 11 targets in Ritter's first start on only 26 passing attempts. 
London's actually had consecutive double-digit target games. He's had two of his best three PPR games of the year the last two games. And this kind of opportunity is the key in PPR leagues quite often. The chance for garbage time, prevent defense PPR stats should not be forgotten either. Yeah, I tell you about London there. I'm just looking at his game stats, and he got 11 targets. No one on the team otherwise got more than three in the entire game. So yeah. he was clearly the number one target of Ritter, which is good for London fantasy owners like ourselves. All right, a couple of wide receivers I like this week. DJ Moore, uh, I haven't put him on this list for a click for a while, um, but he's coming off a game where he scored. I know Sam Darnold's not the greatest, but guess what? They get the Lions this week, and even Zach Wilson can throw touchdown passes against the Lions, so so can Sam Darnold, and one of them is going to go to DJ Moore, so get him in your lineup this week. My other guy uh, that I like this week uh, is Darius Slayton. Why? I mentioned Daniel Jones, right, uh, against the Vikings secondary. I think Slayton catches a long one probably for a score this week. Uh, so it's a good uh, week to start Slayton. A couple of guys I'm concerned about this week. Uh, Van Jefferson, uh, score next out. Uh, Tutu Adwell, really? Baker Mayfield. Broncos secondary is like number one in the league. Van's not going to do much in this game, so I would look elsewhere. And Michael Gallup, uh, wow, uh, Besides the big money deals, you know, gets hurt, comes in, plays, doesn't make do much, hasn't really made an impact. He's just not a big part of the offense, especially against the Eagles this week, I think. Uh, I know that they're going to have Slay on uh, C.D. Lamb, but I just don't see Gallup uh, stepping up and, and doing much in this game. I think uh, it's a Dalton Schultz game, so be careful about starting Gallup this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of wide receivers you're not crazy about and why? Wow, Amari Cooper. I mean, the boom that everyone expected when Watson got in the lineup just simply has not happened. In fact, Cooper's productivity has plummeted with Watson. He's averaging PP, eight PPR points per game with Deshaun under center. With Brissett, Cooper had 50% more targets and double the fantasy points as Donovan Peoples-Jones, but those have completely reversed with Watson. He's also averaging 50 yards per game his last three against New Orleans, and he's never scored against them. So this week, Cooper is facing not only the anti-passing elements in Cleveland and some bad recent statistical trends, but a Saints secondary that has not allowed a PPR receiver to top 14 fantasy points since week seven. And then another guy I don't like is Traylon Burks. I know he's returning to the lineup after missing a few weeks, but he comes back to a probably a new rookie quarterback if Tannehill is unable to go this week, as well as an opponent that allows the fewest wide receivers, receptions, and touchdowns in the NFL so far. Teams just do not have to throw against them, as evidenced by the stat you gave earlier. King Henry rushed 32 times for 200-plus yards when they met in Week 8, and Malik Willis only attempted 10 passes in that game. This is a huge floor game for every Titan receiver, so keep Burks on the bench this week or risk a big, fat zero, even if, he, even if he is active on all the snaps. There you go. I agree with that. All right, how about a couple of the tight ends you like this week and why? I like Robert Tunyon. I remember a few years ago after his huge TD year, I described Tunyon as a TD-dependent regression waiting to happen, and he did. And then I saw an exact replica on Dawson Knox, and he did. He dropped off. But some teams are made for this kind of streamer, and the Dolphins are it. Those same Dolphins that just allowed that Dawson Knox to run wild last week. Now there are a lot of miles to feed in Green Bay's passing offense, but this defense allows many to be fed, especially the tight end. They've allowed the second most in every tight end receiving category for the season. So I like Tanyan's chances to get in the end zone and to have a decent gay. And a kind of a sneaky one is a Trey McBride. For those needing a boost at tight end or a DFS play, rookie Trey McBride has been the second leading receiver in Arizona since Tyler Murray went down. He has more targets than guys like Kittle and Dulcich in the last two games. McBride also faces a Tampa defense that has allowed amongst the most tight end points and has allowed three tight end touchdowns in the last four games. He's a nice streaming option, a cheap DFS play with a sweet matchup. 
Okay, I got a couple of good streaming options for you this week. Kate Otten, uh, Tampa, I know that he's still sharing time there with Cameron Brait, but he's getting more targets than Brait. And guess what? He's playing the Cardinals. They've allowed 10 tight end t- touchdowns in uh, 2022. So there's a good chance that Otten's going to be on the receiving end of one of those scores. So if you need him, start him. Uh, Mitchell Wilcox came out of the blue there with Hayden Hurst injured with the calf. Uh, well, guess what? He pro- provided that Wil- Wilcox starts and uh, Hurst does not play. The Patriots have allowed nine tight end touchdowns in 2022. So there's another option. And, of course, Wil- Wilcox is coming off a game where he scored. So there's a, a couple of good streaming options. Two guys to be concerned about this week. You mentioned Dawson Knox having the big game against the um, Dolphins. Well, the Bears have allowed just three tight end touchdowns in 2022. It's going to be really bad weather. I'm not quite sure if I'm crazy about starting Dawson Knox this week. And of course, Logan Thomas, I think, has had one good game in 2022, and the 49ers played the tight end very tough, so I would look elsewhere, uh, avoid Logan Thomas this week. How about you, Chris? A couple of tight ends you're not crazy about, and why? Yeah, talk about guys that just had one breakout game. Aside from back-to-back games, when he scored four touchdowns against the two worst tight end defending teams in the league, Cole Komet is averaging five PPR points per game and has only scored twice in 12 games the rest of the year. For the season, he's averaging under three catches a game. This is just not a recipe for a successful stat line in PPR, especially when facing a Bills defense in a possible blizzard, a defense that's yet to a lot of tight end to score in 2022, and only three touchdowns in the last 33 games to the tight end. Just look somewhere else. And then I don't like Tyler Higby. Um, he only has 54 yards total on eight catches since Stafford left the lineup four weeks ago. And he's been three and a half points or less in three of those four games with one goose egg. This offense just stinks, and he's not even a big part of that weak output anymore. So he'd need to score a touchdown just to be a marginal fantasy play. And the Broncos are actually fairly good at limiting the tight end. They've only allowed one touchdown to a tight end since week one, and only three on the season of the position. Just too low of a floor and no viable ceiling to start him in a fantasy playoff game. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, uh, time for your one-hit wonders. at Kicker and defense hit me with them. Well, like always, you know, Weather's always a big factor for kickers and defenses in the, in the fantasy postseason. This week, weather's a huger factor than usual. So I'm going to go with Chase McLaughlin again. He's again indoors. Nobody's hotter. He's still only owned in about 10 or 15% of leagues, and he's got a great matchup against a team that allows points to kickers at a strong rate. And then both guys facing off in L.A., uh, Matt Gay and Brandon McManus. Neither one of them's done much, but both offenses stall a lot. Both defenses allow a ton of field goal attempts. So Matt Gay or Brandon McManus are both good plays. A couple of defenses I like. I love the Chargers on Monday night at Indianapolis. This one's a no-brainer, especially with Jonathan Taylor out and, well, and either Matt Ryan or, or Nick Foles in. I don't think that really bodes well for, for Indianapolis's offensive productivity. And then I do like the Raiders uh, going into Pittsburgh. Vegas has four straight solid scoring weeks, and they get a Pittsburgh team that is very generous with the ball and with sacks, especially with Kenny Pickett under center. Okay, well, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining us. For uh, Chris Rito, this is Mike Nazarek. We'll see you all next week when we offer our Week 17 Fantasy Championship Week Preview. Good afternoon, good night, and good luck in your fantasy semifinals. Football! Football? You know, a physical sport. You've been listening to the Fantasy Football Mastermind Edge with your host, Michael Nazareth, the definitive fantasy football information and advice show. Join us next time. Until then, remember, there's no bragging rights for finishing second. Good day, sir!